financial planners don't know the right question to ask, nor are they willing to push back hard enough to tell people their business is worth less than it is. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, how are you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a Best ever weekend because today is Saturday. We got a special segment called Situation Saturday. You know Situation Saturday. You're a loyal listener. But in case you're listening for the first time, Situation Saturday is all about a particular situation that you might find yourself in now or in the future. And we're going to talk through how to approach that successfully. And the situation we're going to be talking about today is what you need to do to be financially free from your business. So this assumes that you got your own real estate investing business and what you need to do to be financially free from it so that you can then go do other things, perhaps if not now, then later down the road. So with us to talk through this approach, Josh Patrick. How you doing, Josh? Great. How about yourself, Joe? Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm doing great. And it's my pleasure. A little bit about Josh. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of Stage 2 Planning Partners. He's the author of Sustainable, a fable about creating a personally and economically sustainable business. And he is in South Burlington, Vermont. So with that being said, Josh, how about you tell us a little bit more about your background, that we have some context, then we'll dive right into it. Well, when I was about 24 years old, I went into my first business. I ended up actually buying it from my father. And very rapidly, I learned that I was unemployable and that I had to own my own business. Ran that business for 20 years, grew up from one and a half employees to 90 employees, sold that in 95, went into the life insurance business, realized that when you're in the life insurance business and my clients all own private businesses, there were lots of needs besides life insurance. So I left that firm, opened up my own wealth management firm, which I did for 15 years. Actually, I'm still doing it. And today we do wealth management and we also help private business owners do two things, depending on their size. One is to take a successful business and make it economically and personally sustainable, which means the business lasts past you. And we also help smaller business owners become financially free from their business. And the question that I always like people to ask themselves is, does financial freedom always feel like it's five years away? And if the answer is yes, there's probably a reason for that, and you probably don't know what the reason is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Is it because it's not defined, or is it much deeper than that? Well, it's actually quite a bit deeper than that. And, and the truth is, in the real estate business, it's probably easier to become financially free from your business than almost any other type of business. Real estate is great for that. As long as you do your real estate investing based on a cash flow basis, not a capital appreciation basis. Yep. Amen to that. 
And yeah, I, I just never really understood people buying real estate who want to say, well, I'm not getting positive cash flow, but it'll go up in value, so I'll make my money then. Bad idea. So here's the key. The key is while you're running your business, this is where people get stuck a little bit. While you're running your business, you run your business based on the cash flow that gets created by your business. And when you sell your business, you run your financial life based on the cash flow that comes from the investments that you got from selling your business and other assets that you've owned and accumulated while you were running your business. So for most business owners, and it might even be true for many real estate investors, is that becoming financially free from your business requires that you look at what the terminal values of all your assets are going to be. And terminal value basically is just a fancy term that means what's the stuff worth when you want to stop working or be able to stop working. Mm -hmm. And when I first went into this business, I guess it was 1996, I kept reading about the tsunami of privately held businesses that were going to be up for sale and there'd be this great turnover of wealth. Well, funny thing happened. It never happened. And the reason it never happened was because of what I call PermaFi. And PermaFi basically is where everything feels like it's five years away. <laughs> and that's why I asked that question. Does financial freedom for your business always feel like it's five years away? And if the answer is yes, what it means is you know there's something you need to do. You don't know what it is that you have to do. But over the next five years, whatever it is you have to do is going to magically appear. And if I go back to somebody two years later, they still think the same thing. So we developed this process we call the Financial Freedom Project, which helps free you from being stuck in that five-year loop. If you're not able to leave your business, you'll know why you're not able to leave your business. And once you know why you're not able to leave your business, then you can do something about it. But if you don't know why, you never can do anything about it. Does that make sense? It does. So we should, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I'm hearing, first we need to know what our terminal value is for the business. So what's it worth when we stop working? And then based on that, that will help us approach the questions that we need to ask ourselves. And then we can then come up with a plan for how to approach it. Yeah, but it's more than just your business. I call us the four boxes of financial independence. First, we start off with what is the value of your business, and that value needs to be the value after you pay taxes and after you pay fees to sell the business, if the business is saleable at all. The truth is about 80%, 90% of the businesses in this country are never sold. They're just closed down. The second thing is investment real estate, and that's where your listeners are going to really shine, is that if you buy investment real estate and you know what your cash flow needs are, and you pay that real estate off, when you retirement, you've got a heck of a cash flow producing asset that requires very little work. The third area is your qualified retirement plan, which are 401k plans. And for many businesses, the value of the 401k plan will be much, much higher than the value of the business when it's time to leave. And finally, there's other investments. So you need to take a look at the entire financial picture which are, and I put into those four buckets because it's pretty easy to understand that. Okay, let's dive into each one of them. So just a little bit more. Would you mind going through each one? No, not at all. So first is the value of your business. 
And business owners typically overvalue their business by four or five times. <laughs> Not surprising. Not surprising. There's actually a really good reason for that, is that when business owners take a look at their business, they look at the cash flow they get out of their business. And when they look at creating that business into an investment, it's never going to come close to the cash flow they get out of the business. So to get to that cash flow they get out of the business, they have to inflate the value by four or five times to get there. And again, that's if the business is saleable. And for a business to be saleable, there's two things that have to happen and two things that are nice to happen. Okay. The two things that have to happen is you have to have a recurring revenue stream because that's what buyers are actually buying. And the owner has to become operationally irrelevant for the business because if the business is built around you, no buyer is going to really be interested in buying that business. Now, the two nice to have things, actually one I think is crucial, which is to have clear values about what your business is about because that sets the tone for everything else. And the fourth area is having great systems in place. And those lead into four different buckets of profit. Lifestyle that you live on, having an emergency fund so when things go bad, and they always go bad, you have money to fall back on. Having a, enough money to grow your business because no bank or investment company can fund 100% of your growth. And money to fund a retirement plan because you're going to need that retirement plan to get yourself to financial independence. So if you do those things, you're going to have a business that's in pretty good shape and probably, not guaranteed, but probably somebody else would want to own it. If you're going to take the value of that business and multiply the free cash flow, which is profit plus depreciation plus interest plus taxes, and multiply that somewhere between three and six, because that's going to be the value of your business. And the smaller your business is, the less employees you have, that multiplier is lower the bigger your business is, the more stable your business is, that multiply is higher. Does that all make sense? It does make sense, and it's very helpful going through the four items, the two that were needed and two that were, as you say, nice to have, but really would be more towards the needed side. One is recurring revenue stream. That's what they're buying. Two, the owner has to be operationally irrelevant. Ooh, that could be a dagger in the heart for a lot of listeners because that is tough. I believe it's harder for real estate investors to be operationally irrelevant compared to other industries. And perhaps I am just so into real estate yeah, investing. Actually, I would argue that. Okay, good. All right. So you would argue against what I just said? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So maybe I am looking through tunnel vision based on my own experience. And then three, clear value of what business is about. And then four, having great systems. So on the comment I made about it's harder for real estate investors to be operationally irrelevant, and you said you'd argue the counterpoint, why would you argue the counterpoint? Okay, well, you have to take a look at operationally irrelevant means you're not tactically involved in your business anymore, but you are strategically involved. Because buyers always think they don't need the strategic part, but they need the tactical part. Okay. And they don't want you involved in that. So. What is the one strategic decision that real estate investors would make? Well, there's a lot of strategic decisions real estate investors make. Ultimately, it's about profitability. So how you buy, how you manage, and how you sell. See, I would submit that the strategic decision that the real estate investor makes is what to buy. If you know what to buy, you're going to do that based on the cash flow. And what to buy 
when to sell could be, there's a whole variety of issues in that. I would agree that that would be a strategic decision, but everything else in real estate is tactical. You can hire people to do that. And if you have a team of people who does do that, now you're not going to be able to do this with three pieces of property. You're going to need lots of pieces of property. But I know plenty of people in Burlington where I live that are operationally relevant in their real estate operations, and they have property management companies and handyman and fix-it people and lawn people and all that sort of stuff that goes into running a real estate operation that they actually have nothing to do with. The only decision they make is when to buy, what to buy, and when to sell. And most of these guys work five hours a week, if that. Okay. So those are the four points for how to be saleable. And there are sub-bullets underneath the value of your business. So what's the second one that you mentioned? The second one is having investment real estate. And investment real estate, which is, this is an interesting thing, is that most people in business, now your listeners are going to be different, but most people in, in business they'll likely own the building they operate their business from if they're smart. And if they're really smart, they'll make sure that building is paid off by the time they retire. So instead of having to sell a piece of property, say for $600,000, pay $200,000 in taxes and be able to spend $16,000 a year, they'll keep the real estate and rent it and put 60,000 bucks a year in their pocket. So that asset, becomes a really nice cash flow creating tool as long as they bought it early enough and paid it off before they retire. Now for your listeners, again, the less debt they have, the better the cash flow is. And as long as the free cash flow coming out of their real estate is enough for them to retire and they put together a good property management system, there's really not a whole lot for them to do except to make decisions if they're going to buy something, if they're going to sell something. And how long does that take? Depends on the person. That's true. But if you're good, you can do it pretty quickly. So when we're talking about the process for financial freedom, according to you, one is identifying the value of your business. Two is having investment real estate. And three? Three is having a qualified retirement plan, a 401k type plan that will accumulate enough money that will put a significant portion towards providing your retirement needs. And there are very good investment options and ways of doing this. There's a thing called a cash balance plan. And we always have people take a look at it. And you're 50 years old. You can put as much as $200,000 a year into this plan and make it into a tax deduction. And you can fund that up to about $2.5 million in value. So if you're putting away for a period of 10, 11 years, $200,000 a year, and you get the $2.5 million in value, that's going to provide $100,000 a year for you in retirement. So that goes a long way with most people, helping them get to where they can afford to leave their business. And number four? is just other investments. Social security, taxable investments that you might put into, investments in other businesses, anything that doesn't fit into those other three boxes, that's an investment. And typically, we don't spend a lot of time on that because if we manage the first three buckets properly, we're going to get you the financial freedom. Let's talk a little bit about the terminal value that you mentioned earlier. What is our company worth if we stop working? How do we determine that? Well, again, we never know what your value of your business is going to be 10 years from now. It could be a lot higher. It could be about the same or it could even be lower. 
So let's just freeze the value you have today for just for analysis purposes. And again, we take the free cash flow. The technical term for that is EBITDA, E-B-I-D-T-A, and it stands for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And I take that number and I multiply that from between three and six times, and I take that number and subtract 40% of the value, which leaves 60% left, because that's what you're going to have after you pay taxes and fees for sell a business. Mm, 40%. Yeah, taxes are 30%, and the average business transaction has 10% or higher in fees. You've got to pay your broker. You've got to pay your accountant. You've got to pay your lawyer. You might have to pay an appraiser. And those are all costs that nobody thinks about when they do a plan for somebody who's going to sell their business. Too often I see financial planners, and this is one of the problems and why I developed the Financial Freedom Project. I saw these guys do presentations, and they would take the value the business owner said it was. And B, they would never subtract taxes and fees from the business value. So they were going into a planning process with inflated values that were never going to be there when it came time to retire. Now, maybe 10% for tax and fees in certain instances might be a little bit high, but frankly, I'd rather have a little bit more money than I need at retirement than a little bit less. It's like saying you bought a property for 100000 and you sold it for two hundred, put in 75000 and you made 25000 Well, what about the closing costs? <laughs> what about lender fees or broker fees or holding costs, financing fees, all that good stuff? All that stuff. And people don't think about that when they do financial planning. And the financial planners don't know the right question to ask, nor are they willing to push back hard enough to tell people their business is worth less than it is. Mm-hmm. Anything else as it relates to becoming financially free from our business that we haven't discussed that you want to mention? Well, it's actually easier than people think. And you don't have to start when you're 30. And there's another option that goes in along with this, which I call the wind-down strategy. So let's say I'm a real estate investor and I have 80 properties and I'm getting close to retirement and I don't want to manage all those properties anymore. But I'm going to bet that I took those 80 properties. Now, are you familiar with the 80-20 rule? Very much so. Okay. But but maybe other people are I'm going to explain how we do that. So if I was to take a look at my 80 properties and I was the 80-20 of it, I'm going to bet that 16 of those properties, which is 20% of the 80, will produce 80% or more of the cash flow. So if I was to sell off 64 properties and just keep the 16 properties that are the good ones, I'm going to work a whole lot less, have a lot less headaches, and make almost as much money as I was making before. That leaves me the opportunity of not having to sell my business. And I do the 80-20 with all small business owners because the truth is the reason these businesses aren't selling is the owner can't afford to, and with extended life spans that we're having today, we're not dying at 65 or 70 or 75. We're dying at 85 and 90. So if you stop working at 65, you need to plan for 25, 30, or 35 years worth of income or two days a month to have some supplementary income coming until you're 70 or 75 years old. The longer you work, 
the easier it is for you to get to financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So when I say work, it doesn't mean work full-time. It means work part-time, but still control your business, still run your business. Most people I know actually like the businesses they're in. They just don't want to work as hard. So that's a really good, viable option for people. Absolutely. And there's 80-20 in sales and marketing book. I highly recommend the author's name escapes me, but I've mentioned it multiple times on the show. And there's a couple books on 80-20. Yeah, that's Perry Marshall's book. Perry Marshall. There you go. Thank you for that. Yeah, Perry's a great guy. I I like Perry a lot. Yeah, ditto. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you got going on? They can find me at stage2planning.com or www.sustainablebusiness.co or they can send me an email at jpatrick, that's the letter jpatrick, at stage2planning.com, that's the number two, or give me a phone call at 802-846-1264, extension 102. Well, thanks again for being on the show talking about what we need to do to be financially free from our business. Even if we enjoy what we're doing right now, it's important to know what an exit strategy is, just like we would if we were buying a property. We always want to know what the exit is. Even if it's a long-term hold, we want to know what are the potential exits should some unexpected situation occur and we need to make a change and pivot a little bit. And you walked us through four steps to financial freedom. One is the value of our business. So we need to determine that. How do we determine it? Well, we need to look at what is it worth today, snapshot in time, and what does it need to be in order to be saleable. It has to have recurring income. We have to be operationally irrelevant for tactics, not necessarily strategy. We have to have a clear value of what the business is about and have to have great systems in place. And then you talked about number two in financial freedom, having investment real estate. Check that box. We love that. Three, having qualified retirement plan and four other investments. And then you also talked about terminal value and wind down strategy. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.